You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast, a platform that we've created to bring the Nordic community together. My name is Paul Hackett, and I'm your host. So this is the Evolution Exchange. We're discussing the path to CTO and topics in between. Uh, Marcus, would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yes, uh, my name is Marcus. Uh, I'm the CTO of Bring Commerce. Uh, we are a startup that uh, is developing a new platform for uh, e-commerce for online shopping. Uh, we are co- for currently focusing on stability and performance uh, and doing this by uh, totally in serverless. Uh, yeah, that's the his uh, elevator pitch. Uh, <laughs> I've <laughs> uh, been in the industry for about 50 years, working mostly with uh, DevOps things, uh, automations, and also a lot of with transactional heavy systems. Uh, been around several uh, gaming companies and um, fintech companies. Fantastic. Johan, do you want to go next? Absolutely. Um, so my name is Johan. I'm the CTO of Chaintrace. And- we're building a platform to modernize quality assurance and supply chain traceability, and now primarily in the manufacturing industry. Um, I've been programming since um, before my teens with some .bat files, HTML, you know, that stuff. Um, had my own consultancy company, a bachelor's in computer science, and uh, just before joining Chain Trace, I was a full stack developer at Storytel for around three years with various uh, other responsibilities as well. Nice one. Jason? Hi, my name is Jason Quack. I'm the CTO of Delta Cloud Services. So uh, we are a premier Google Cloud partner. We help customers um, get the best out of Google Cloud. Uh, working with Google Cloud for three and a half years now on the different technologies. Uh, so my background, I've been working in like investment banks in uh, Singapore and New York doing algorithmic trading platforms and then a little bit in the telecoms industry uh, and a little bit in the betting industry. So then after that, I uh, moved to Stockholm and uh, now working with uh, primarily with Google Cloud. Yeah. Nice one. So that's a bit for me. Peter, do you want to go next? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Peter Björklund and uh, I'm the CTO of Heartland Technologies. And we develop a platform for people that wants to create their own social community. We, we discovered that people want to make an exodus of Facebook. They don't want to uh, have the data stolen, uh, machine learned and, uh, and uh, used for other purposes. So we thought we'd uh, take on the small task of developing a, a social platform where you can start your own social community community and uh, uh, we will never sell your data and you can uh, you can keep it as small as you want or as big as you want so that's what we do and uh, I ended up here uh, by going through a various of roles uh, I started in the fintech industry and that was in the early 2000s and when, when it was booming and uh, we developed actually the first order routing engine for NordNet, where people could actually make their own trades uh, online. And it went on from there. Store, store replenishment systems at Ica and uh, uh, betting engines at Sportsbooks at Unibet and, uh, and Aftonbladet TV, Sweden's own YouTube. And uh, then I thought that this might be the next logical step. <laughs> Fair so. enough. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Well, it's great to meet you all. Um, so we can start off with the questions that you've all submitted. Obviously, uh, Marcus, do you want to go first and just give some context around it as well? Yes. Uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, as uh, being a CTO, you're going to be some kind of leader. Uh, and either if you were appointed or like how you got there, you're going to have like a leadership type. And for me, it's more like the whole concept of, I mean, you, I mean, we've been working in the industry for a long time and you had, you have had managers more or less close to you that has been good and has been bad. But I think my question is more kind of like the take on 
like the whole of, like leadership versus being, being a man here. Like if you see any like conflicts there in the sense of uh, in that. Fantastic. Uh, Jason, do you want to go first with this one? Um, yeah, sounds good. I mean, for me, I can think of it a dif different kind of um, different kind of way. So I'll say as a manager, you kind of want to avoid risk and kind of follow processes. A kind of like, I would say the day-to-day -day risk management, right? You want to make sure that your the, the people under you are taken care of, they're happy, uh, they submit their timesheets, they... <laughs> They do the vacation planning, that kind of stuff, right? That's that to me. That that is management, uh, and that shouldn't be the whole thing that a board manager does. You know, uh, a leader is someone that is more like risk, uh, not risk averse, but uh, risk more risky. I'll say, like uh, you're willing to accept, like to to just kind of think ahead, to kind of push the limits, and to show that it's okay to fail, right? And then to show them that there's a better way forward, and you can. And you can go ahead and try to do that rather than telling them, okay, take the safe way out. So I think that is a little bit, you have to kind of balance both both worlds in a sense. And I also think that a leader is, to me, is you have to be the first person doing it. And it has to be, in the end, the buck stops with you, right? If like I can't solve the problem, I cannot really expect people that I'm leading to solve the problem for me, in a sense. So that to me also is another kind of responsibility as a leader. Uh, so I'll say that it's a good, it's a good bad thing. I say I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be more. I, I'm naturally more like a leader piece, but there is a need for the management piece as well to make sure that those things run smoothly. So I'm trying to be a little bit more of a manager now as well to make sure that I don't neglect that part. I'll say, yeah. I think that's very well put, uh, <laughs> Jason. And uh, there's there's uh, there's two 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 sides of the coins today to this. Uh, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah, Peter, do you want to follow on then uh, with that? What's your what's your opinion on that question? Yeah, um, I, I think Jason started it. Uh, I, I think uh, maybe a manager is something that you are. Uh, it's an appointed role. Uh, you're a manager in, in the private sector, you're an officer in the military, but a leader. Uh, that's uh, I don't like it when people call themselves leaders because some other people must call you a leader. Some someone they want to follow, and and I and I always try to think about that. So I, I have to lead by example, uh, like Jason said. I can't expect other people to do stuff I can't pull off myself. So I, I try to lead by example. I always push harder. I always try to push the limits. Uh, I have to. I have to show them that this can. This can be done. Um, managing is just a, that's the day-to-day -day stuff. Uh, um, leadership is something you try to achieve, but being called a leader. Don't call yourself a leader. Other people should do that. Um, that that's that's my view on it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. People choose your uh, leaders. You don't really choose your managers. So. Exactly. It's totally different thing. Uh, but, 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 <laughs> translation issue <laughs> there, Bob. But uh, but uh, I, I I see it that. Totally but you, but usually but usually if you if you work in a big company, uh, the leaders are equal to managers, right? I, I mean, if you're in like, sorry? I, I, I wouldn't say that actually. Because, um, uh, but please come to continue. <laughs> sorry for interrupting. No, uh, no, uh, I, I, my, my thought was like, usually managers are conceived as leaders. Uh, and usually like, as you said, the usual appointer is the conflict there to kind of you appoint someone, as you said, you should not someone should not be called themselves a leader but others should call them a leader mm -hmm. i'm just thinking about there is there a conflict there like you point to someone that um, sees themselves as a leader I just feel might have... sorry uh, i think a leader is someone you look up to you can be in a leadership position uh, you can be a manager 
um, that can be appointed, but uh, uh, people that view themselves as a leader, I uh, can't really take it. Other people have to have to go go on and say that so like yeah, yeah. you inspire me. You're a leader. Uh, you lead by example. You, uh, I get inspired when I see you work. That's a leader to me. But th there's definitely a conflict of interest, though. Uh, I can agree with that part because you can be appointed a leader. Like you can have a role where you are expected to lead towards a certain goal. Um, but then I think, like looking at the individual. Um, they might choose another person to lead them, uh, maybe towards the same goal. Um, so that's why I think it's important in a, in a company to have as many leaders as possible. Like it just requires a personal or ideological collection, really, to think that someone might lead you. And it doesn't always have to be in uh, the company's interest. It might be a leader uh, that teaches you to, I don't know, go out there and learn a new language and gain new knowledge in that way. When I was a junior developer or even earlier, uh, I, I don't think that the, the appointed person was the one I looked up to, uh, to and followed. It was someone else, uh, almost always someone else, I think, that I really looked up to. And this is the guy I want to learn. I want to be like him. Uh, I want to play devil's advocate here a little bit as well, because um, I've seen situations as well where, okay, you know, leadership comes out and then uh, you you prove, for example, you, you can do the work and you can really like uh, bring the company's new heights. But your message may not be the same message as what is the official message, right? The message of the managers. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes then it creates a conflict sometimes in the company, you know what I mean? Where, you know, where the people, they, are, they look up to you as leaders, right? But then the message sometimes doesn't it's exactly, exactly the same as what is the official message. So how do we, you know, make sure that everything still runs smoothly? <laughs> I think that's part of, I don't know, leadership as well, right? How do you like compromise and yeah. and, and try, even though like for the greater good, you have to give up some pieces. Mm. That's just a. Yeah, I mean, like you've all made quite interesting points on the difference between a leader and a manager. But now you guys being CTO, C-level people, you know, you've appointed yourself as a manager. Have you been considered by other people to be leaders before, which has made you want to move higher up the chain? How, what's your, where are you guys sitting along, along that kind of path between the two? Uh, for myself, I, I didn't choose this at all. It just kind of turned out this way. Uh, <laughs> but, but there's definitely definitely uh, a conflict. Um, so in a in a small startup, uh, uh, like in our case, I'm, I'm kind of stuck between my my developers uh, and management is basically the the CEO and investors so so there's pressure from from that side of course and there's stuff i'm expected to do so so you're you're getting stuck in the middle and you you have to manage that and um, i actually wrote a blog post about it uh, a few weeks back it's kind of interesting and uh, i think you have to recognize that and 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 see the views from the CEO, see the views from the investors you might have, and and try to, uh, uh, you, you are the pawn in the middle, uh, at least in a small company you are. So you, you have to be a lot of things. Uh, so you can't uh, be the tech guy all day. You, you, have to, you have to be able to talk to the other side as well. But being a leader is also so broad. Uh, like to me, I would prefer if everyone could lead themselves and uh, to have uh, lead themselves towards a similar goal. And that's what I'm trying to do. And we're trying to do a change. Right? It, it's super hard. Like that's definitely going to fail at times. Uh, but just calling yourself a leader, right? like a leader of what? What is it that you're supposed to lead? Is it... Uh, like growth or like there's so many things. Um, so I still think that it's important to empower people within the company so that they can be leaders of their respective thing. Uh, you should never expect one person to be uh, like a 
brutality leader of the entire tech department, for example. Ideally, we're better together and I I can give some input and uh, make them even better. But um, in general, it's great that people take their own uh, own initiatives and say, I want this flag. I'm going to run with it. Uh, What do you think? I think it's great. Go for it. I'll support you. That's the kind of role I want. Uh, I I wouldn't want to tell people what to do. I would like to inspire people and, and give them the confidence and the feeling that they can actually like decide for themselves that like I want to run with this. It's a good idea. Let's do it and uh, and uh, and lead themselves. That's awesome. <laughs> nice. That, the job is very easy then. Yeah, Marcus, what do you think to the feedback on that question then? That you heard what you needed to? <laughs> uh, I mean, I think uh, we're all in agreement more or less that, that uh, I mean, talking about the same traits of a leader is kind of, it's, I mean, the humble kind of approach of it. It should be mm-hmm. someone that you lead by example, you lead by the one that allows, both allows risks and taking risks and making sure that it's uh, more or less that it's allowed to be to be great, more or less, to be love, and also to inspire. I think a lot of things is forgotten. I mean, when I'm starting out, the question is that, I mean, we all have good managers and bad managers. And I think that like coming back from what, what kind of key, key traits does a good manager have? And for me, that's kind of usually what we're talking about here, the traits of someone that inspires, someone that you can trust, someone that doesn't, I mean, if, if you take a risk and something blows up, you should not be blamed, like playing the blame game and all that and finding out the root cause and like who, who did this. And I think for me, I think we're in agreement that the traits of someone uh, to success in like that role and like we're talking about the manager, which a CTO is, is, I mean, all of these traits. And I agree that as, a, as we discussed, like a point that someone might be like not be the best case and, and someone I mean, more or less that people will kind of gather around certain persons and that have certain traits that are more kind of better in the sense of inspire people to be awesome. Nice. So to flip your own question against you, where do you think you are on that scale? Uh, I mean, as I said, I don't want to be appointed to some. Then I, I mean, as also as a leader, you have to have responsibility. Uh, like you said, you're taking the risk you do and all that, and then that causes stress. So, I mean, it's you, of course, I want like you want to be uh, for me. I hope that I am kind of learning more and more to getting to a better to that goal. But I mean, for coming back, like I hope that I'm kind of measuring up to 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 that standard. But it's as I said, you should not kind of measure yourself yeah it's better for Other your peers players. to measure you yeah 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 100 fantastic yeah uh johan shall we uh do you want to provide a little bit of context uh to your question and um ask it away yeah sure um so yeah i was interested in um like knowing what 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 are your interest drew you towards the cto role and the reason why i was interested in that is because i noticed that um, among programmers, not everyone is interested in gravitating towards that role, and everyone has uh, different uh, like end goals of where they want to be. Um, and I'm not. I think I know why I was drawn towards becoming a CTO, but I think there's multiple reasons. So I would love to hear uh, what drew you towards the role. Who would like to go first? Mm. Don't all speak at once. <laughs> Go on, Jason. <laughs> For me, uh, I, what I learned over the years as working in different companies is that uh, it's important. I don't know if you've seen this interview by Steve Jobs before. Is that uh, when he started Apple and then they hired like a bunch of professional managers to manage everybody. And then they, that didn't work out at all. What happens is that uh, no, no one is happy, no one got things done. 
So they realized that, you know, why do you want to be managed by somebody that is, you can't like learn from? That's what you're saying. Like, why do you want to report to somebody that you can't learn anything from? Like, what's the point of that? Nobody wants to do that. So it was important for me to, um, to in the end, come to a position where I can make sure the right people are in the right spots, right positions, and not the wrong people as well. The people that inspire, the people that can lead by example, rather than then uh, they can do, they create, you know, graphs and sheets and mm. collect the metrics. At least for, uh, at least if in a dev team, I feel, because I'm that's where I come from, a dev team, right? Yeah. Uh, and this is kind of like, like a little bit of where I'm coming from as well, uh, and the historical past and the kind of lessons learned. Because, um, like, what, what does, how does, what do you need to give to a developer to thrive, right? Things like, um, good study opportunities, like to learn new tech, to use best tech. You pay for courses. You pay, you pay to use the best tools. You get the best equipment. Things like this that, you know, will make the guy's day or the girl's day. But then, for example, in if you don't get the right CTO in place, maybe they say, okay, this is an extra cost that you don't have to pay for. Why are we doing this? You know, <laughs> but you know that this thing will like make people more effective. You get better product. You get better features. Things grow much smoother. And so, like for me, it's about really getting a position where I can make sure that the team is taken care of. Uh, everyone has a has a chance to improve, to evolve better, uh, be stronger. When even if they leave the company later on, they are, you know, they are much better out of it to experiment with new ideas. And this is the kind of the re background of that as well. Yeah. yeah. So it's more from an area of culture and efficiency where you've noticed issues in the past so yeah you're wanting to move into that position so that you can you know provide that service of making sure everybody's in the right spot and making everything yeah. and it's not, easier it's not to say that i won't make mistakes mm -hmm. and i but i but i believe that if you come from a deaf background you know what you've, you've been through the pain right you've been through the pain before so you kind of like know like what what you need you kind of use that project uh, so you kind of use the experience i would say yeah that's from that's my point of view at least yeah okay you don't trust anyone else to do it <laughs> <laughs> but you have to eventually eventually you have to you know? yeah yeah. Oh. yeah peter how about you yeah as i said before i i kind of just ended up in this role uh, i've had a long career and uh, started coding in 1986-ish, uh, and um, I mean, the problems just kept getting harder and harder, and the systems bigger and bigger, and I, I kept moving up the chain to uh, until eventually I, I was the lead developer, lead architects, had those, those kind of roles, and um, I felt it was just time for a change, and so. I started this company together with my uh, uh, CEO, Niklas Lohmann. And um, yeah, because this this became my role and uh, I, I didn't know what to expect. And and um, I, just, uh, I just fell into it. I didn't think much about it, but uh, now here I am and uh, we have employees and uh, consultants <laughs> and, uh, and stuff like that. So. I, I'm just trying to figure out as I go along, uh, so um, how to do this. And um, so there's no, I have no education in this or, or whatever. I haven't actually put much thought in it until lately. Like, like how, how do I, as the company grows, how, how do I actually succeed in this role? And uh, the only thing I can think of is that I'll I'll try to inspire, I'll lead by example, and um, I'll ne never ask some something from someone that I, that I, that I, that I want to myself um, along the, those lines. And then uh, a lot of conflicts with, uh, with the other side, the, the non-tech side, and uh, I'm just trying to catch up and learn as I go, and uh, worked out so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's magic then. <laughs> Marcus, how about you? Uh, it's kind of similar with Peter. I mean, we started this company like a year ago and 
we are three founders, me, Patrick, and Christian. And was like, as I said, the point, or not a point, but we we need a CTO. Uh, so it's, and also like taking look looking back to the question, like why do most? I think going to this CTO role, you usually kind of let go of the hands-on stuff, usually. Uh, and I think even as a senior and like a lead or an architect, you usually, you might, I mean, uh, for me at least, the hands-on, like actually doing the coding is still very, I mean, it's inspiring, it's fun, something I like to do. So that's, for me, hopefully I will never let that go. Hopefully I will ever always have some kind of role, some kind of, even a CTO to be hands-on. But I know, I mean, it will be probably, impossible if you grow too much but still yeah, the larger you grow <laughs> yeah but i agree with like as peter said like we it, i mean for me it's also kind of you learn as you go and like you need to like as i said you're gonna have people and like as we talked about the first question you, you you need somewhat to manage people as well like all the other things that goes with it like holidays uh, salaries all these kind of that comes with the role and I mean, it's it's probably something as same there. I don't have, you never learn that. You don't have, there's something you don't learn in school, but you probably would have to do as as you go. Um, but I mean, as I said, like, I hope that I always kind of get back or keeping in touch with the actual, uh, like the things that I think I love with, with the industry is like the innovation, like doing stuff, actually sitting in like with a bunch of, like uh which college and like creating stuff with like making stuff happen so i hope that you still kind of can keep that level even though you're yeah so for you it won't be enough to just be a part of a company that's involved in innovation you kind of want to have your hands stuck in it yourself as well to feel more a part of it uh, i mean for as a startup, it's it's easier because you kind of need to. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I, but of course, w once you start getting to a larger scale, then I mean, it's gonna be harder and harder to kind of to. I mean, it's even today like it's hard to find the time because you need to prioritize. Like it's probably not the best time always to sit down and do like the stuff you usually like digging into some weird technology or whatever. In, in the sense of as being that because we need to kind of handle all the other, uh, I mean, that comes with responsibility. Yeah, perfect. Will, will, you, be, uh, will you be able to let it go? I, I can't. <laughs> no, that's the thing. Like, I, yeah, I, I don't think I would ever. Then you, you probably, I don't know how, I mean, it's still the thing. That's why you, Kind of got into the industry from the start to kind of having i mean you, the innovation of creating stuff and actually doing that and i'm not saying that as a leader manager or ceo you're not but it's not like this like the connection is not the same uh, right I, I wonder what i would do i i i need to code it's it's for the soul at least mm -hmm. i i have to create something yeah i agree Oh, go on, you, go. you can spend a whole day reviewing pull requests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but like you can, you actually see that in some cases where you know you get these entrepreneurs that create a company, and then you know after a couple of years, once it's grown to a certain size, they then create another one because they want to stay in the creativity part of the process, um, and then they just kind of like pass it on to somebody else to manage because. You know they're too high up in it and they can't really do that anymore so then they make a new one so mm -hmm. is that something which you think you could fall into the i'm not necessarily the trap of but could you see that in yourself as something that would happen to you uh for myself i think we we all share kind of the same things uh, how we got there we got mm -hmm. there by by doing stuff and it would be really weird so now we're at this position and we, we, we just stop doing everything that, that put us, put us here. Mm. Uh, it just seems strange to me. I, I, I have to keep a connection of, of what we're doing. Mm. Yeah. 
so I, I mean it's gonna be less and less but uh, I can't see it being zero <laughs> I mean you do have some control of how how you scale the company as well yeah so hopefully <laughs> you'll be able to uh, find a way around that eventually uh, yeah I, think, I mean the key is I mean as always to, to get a bunch of like people you trust and like give them responsibility as well so you can kind of give that away as well so you don't have to be i mean as i said you i mean it's impossible to have control in in the sense of the micro mm. you need to kind of let it go and i for me as i mean it's hard because you kind of you started something and then after a while you need to kind of give give it away in the sense of and and you're also going to have other people looking in stuff you did and they would probably take other decisions than you did so it's going to be but then it's going to be yeah yes i trust you to do it because i need to kind of focus on other stuff but yeah i think uh, peter and marcus you're being a bit too humble though um <laughs> i have a kind of feeling you just kind of stumble upon this role um there has to be some kind of like fire inside of you that uh, that made you want to take this step yeah well, uh, it might be some form of vanity. Also, <laughs> I feel that people, I mean, especially at larger companies, I, I've named a few, I, I, I can't name one now, but yeah. there's a lot of wrong decisions being made. Uh, and, and so this is my chance to make all the right decisions and all the mistakes are mine. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, I'll res- accept responsibility for all failures, but uh, <laughs> at least at least there are my failures, not, not someone else's. Right. Yeah, that seems to be a common reason. Yeah. So, you happy with the answers you got to that, Johan? Yeah, um, absolutely. It's uh, always fun to discuss uh, what made you uh, go a certain direction because it. A lot of the times you don't really sit back and reflect and then you can just see yourself. Uh, it, it might look like you just stumbled upon there, but I think there, if you sit back and think about it, you can most likely see a pretty clear path. Yeah, in hindsight you can, and I definitely I think we can discuss this uh, a lot. Uh, <laughs> uh, in hindsight, of course, but it, it was never the plan, but looking back you can see how you ended up in this role and how your mind works and stuff like that how you're wired i think that's that's a big part of it yeah yeah definitely. To be fair, speaking about that kind of sense it actually falls quite nicely into jason's question actually with you guys that are wanting to stay so hands-on <laughs> in a cto position so jason do you want to ask uh, your question um yeah okay i can get some background so how important is it for a CTO to keep up to date with their technical skills? So the reason I'm asking this, the background is like, we mentioned that um, you're leading the team and you want to um, inspire and you want them to build a really great product. But at the same time, the technical world is evolving like leaps and bounds, right? So like what you know actually like five years ago is not how you build a system today. Uh, like five years ago, Kubernetes wasn't, wasn't a thing containerization was barely heard of. And now everything is that, right? Uh, everything is, now it's going towards serverless modes. So it's like, you're kind of always having to like keep at the edge because you want to also like, make sure you're building right. Like we're designing architecture, you're building the product. It's kind of like your responsibility to make sure that the whole thing works in the end. <laughs> it doesn't like crash everywhere, right? So um, how important is it for you to keep up your technical skills? I think that is uh, because, as, as you say, also you start you start to lose touch a little bit with the day to day, the hands on kind of work. Yeah. Marcus, do you want to start this one? Uh, yeah, I think like my take on it. Even though you feel like this, like a lot of things happening around you, I think a lot of things also move in circles. Like I think a lot of with like computing is kind of like stuff they did in the 60s comes back like fertilization uh, happens so even though it feels like a lot of things might happen I think it's just people are kind of re- reinventing themselves in the sense that like 
they recall in stuff the same name, but something that's already been kind of in the industry for a long time. Uh, but I agree, like there's so much happening, and like especially if you're kind of in like uh, Node.js world, well, like like the npm, like it's kind of package will break like for for in a month stuff will happen so it's impossible to kind of maintain stuff and you kind of get lost and all that but uh, i mean it's uh, for me it's been more or less uh, i mean yes as i said you, you go along you flow along with it and you kind of you end up in companies that are kind of on the work in the edge of stuff and you kind of follow those kind of companies and then you like you end up starting your own company and then you kind of take it from there because for me it's been like this as you talked about the previous question like the journey and for me you kind of you, you take bits of pieces from all all the places you've been all the colleagues you met and all like the ideas you kind of assembled and whatever and then you kind of ended up now you have your own company you will put every all these pieces together and, and I think, like, I don't, for me, like, looking forward, usually it's not a lot of things happening, but usually it's come, it comes back to kind of the core concept of, of the things being more or less the same that you have. I mean, performance usually is kind of connected to storage or something like that. And, like, and even like front end is also the same concept. So I think, the, so it's usually like the experience kind of gives some kind of like a, a ground to stay. Handle that is make it easier to take these, like uh, when you have all these new technologies coming flying at you, kind of you kind of pick the the ones you kind of okay this this sounds something like something I can like, follow like something you feel like this is something that feels right. So, uh, I mean, like I used to work in a big fintech company that kind of did the whole I think uh, event sourcing event uh, pattern and. Like, like when you started with it, it, okay, this just feels right. It's 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 a pattern that is kind of it's not really new, but it, like this is you have the right tools and it's kind of the right moment. You kind of can use all this, like you said, Kubernetes. When it came, it's also kind of because when I started, more or less, what you did, you installed your own servers, and then you kind of evolved to having all this. Like you had Docker coming, and then you had Kubernetes. Like it's also it's all these evolving, but it's same in the concept is still the same for me as well, at least. in in the end it's the same it's io it's cpu it's memory <laughs> yeah that's yeah usually <laughs> and then you have issues and you can like pinpoint where in the in this kind of stack is the problem and yeah uh, yeah totally agree um, i see it uh, i mean i mean new technologies come and they go and uh, but uh, if you try to look it from a bigger picture if you've been at it for a while uh, i mean the latest npm package isn't important um, uh, understanding the core fundamentals of writing a multi-threaded um, application regardless of if, if it's java golang or whatever it is um, that that's always going to hold uh, so it doesn't really matter what the latest tool you have in in, in your toolbox to achieve this on on uh, and make it easier um, you you still need to if you know the fundamentals you're all right you can always learn to uh, have a new tool in your toolbox uh, like I always say, if, if you call yourself a Java programmer, for instance, with the prefix Java or some other language, it's like a carpenter with only a hammer. Every problem starts to look like a nail. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, uh, uh, make sure you're strong in the fundamentals. I mean, stuff will come, stuff will go, but there, it doesn't matter if it's virtualization, cloud services, whatever, it, it all comes down to the same basic things in regards to performance or or, or stuff like that. So uh, make sure your fundamentals is all right and uh, yeah, you'll, you'll be able to keep up. You, you, you can catch up when you need to. That's, that's, you can still catch up if you need to do it. That's my point.
Mm. Uh, I would agree. Um, like having a high level technical skills, like learning about Kubernetes is now on the horizon or whatever it might be, uh, is always good. Uh, then of course diving deeper into that as you start experiencing issues. I think that that's usually how I tackle things at least. I try to keep stuff on my radar and have like a light understanding of it as good as I can. Uh, whether it's from news or talking with somebody. But as soon as I start experiencing an issue with uh, something in our system, that's when you start researching it. And like you said, Peter, then you can learn always. Exactly, because you're you're starting from a level of fundamental understanding, and and it's starting to get in, increasingly rare these days. Uh, I can give an example. Um, I mean, back in the day, maybe 60% of the development time went towards database engineering, uh, querying data structures, all those kinds of things on a very low level. Uh, then uh, all these fancy frameworks come, uh, ORM frameworks, stuff like that. And people that started from that level, they lost this fundamental understanding of what actually is going on. They don't have a clue about database indexing. What's a B3 index or a GIN index or whatever. So then you can't really solve complex problem because you're all you're already one step away from what or several steps away from from, from what you're actually doing. And and, and that's a problem in general these days that people start from from a much higher level and, and layers of abstraction I would say maybe I'm just old I don't know no you hit on a new hit Peter because like this is something that when I run interviews to hire new consultants and new people to join the team I actually ask them like very like questions like how do you sort an array without using the sort method right tell me <laughs> exactly it's about that too but the problem with this is that then people look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> I'll ask them what's the difference between a stack and a queue. You know, what are the, the, the order of consumption? <laughs> but then, you know, they start to look at me like I'm talking like, why do I need to know this? And, but the reason <laughs> to know this because then when, when, you know, when something is not working, you know, you always know that there's something, the reason behind it is not random, right? Is because of some inefficiency in your code. There's something that is broken that you can try to logic your way out of it. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of it's hard to balance what to ask in the interview these days as well. Mm. Yeah, I, I, but I, I'm, I'm agree on that point. But I think what what's really interesting though, like obviously we would probably all think like that because we're engineers. But there is a really huge movement as well where people are building companies. Uh, without any deep knowledge, so um, might be a clash there someday. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, yeah. You're but I, I won't say that. Yeah. No, I won't say that all abstractions are bad in like the <laughs> sense. I mean, for example, how many like feel like lost if you don't have an SSH shell? Do you feel like you need to kind of usually? I, I mean, like. Coming back when uh, when I started, like as I said, you did everything from scratch. And nowadays, you, for me, like if I see a managed service that could solve that, it's not my core business. I rather go with the managed service. I mean, for me, it's kind of I I've, I've been I'm installing Jenkins service like like the past ten years, and then I'm kind of I'm, I'm done with that. So <laughs> yeah, uh, there's no. Uh conflict here uh, it's fine you should always piggyback i i, I always do it i try to do yeah. whatever tools i can to get this problem solved uh, as efficiently and as fast as i can but uh, being strong in this fundamentals is never wrong it's uh, uh, when you run into problems and and also when when you select between the latest three cool npm packages that does the exact same thing which one would you choose if you're strong you if you're strong in the fundamentals you can better make an educated guess on 
what's the right way to go. And, and that will give fewer mistakes, uh, basically, uh, and, and keep you on path. Uh, so, so that's why I think it's important. You, you will simply make fewer mistakes. Uh, I think that's that's what it boils down to. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, Jason, you happy with the responses to that? Oh, thanks for your thoughts, everyone. Fantastic. All right, Peter, do you want to ask your question then? Yeah, sure. Uh, this is a recent one, uh, one for me. Um, I, if you look at uh, like I'm in a small startup, so this is very towards that. Uh, so the management is, is pretty small. Uh, basically, in, in the NSA, it's a CEO and a CTO. So you're doing the tech stuff and he's basically doing all the other stuff. And uh, how do you uh, how do you see how do you see that um, how, how can I say it? Um, how do you see that relationship? Um, what, what what's your primary focus as a as a CTO? Um, as opposed to the to the CEO, uh, what what do you need to think about? What what what's the top three things you really need, want to make sure you are doing? Marcus, you're in a bit of a similar situation, <laughs> here, aren't you? Because you're three yeah. co-founders. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so uh, I mean, as I said, like three co-founders. Uh, I mean, all of us have somewhat tech backgrounds, uh, two bit more and one the CEO a bit less, I would say. Uh, so, I mean, as I said, it, it, it's kind of, I mean, as, for me, the whole day goes like, we need to prioritize correctly, we need to make sure we focus on the correct stuff, and we need to kind of make sure we keep any deadlines we have promised anyone. So, I mean, for me, it's kind of, it's, it, I mean, even though, I mean, you have manage, expectation management to our customers, and then you might also have expectation management within the company, like more or less don't promise too much. So, I mean, for me, it's kind of what you're talking about, like the collaboration between CEO and the CTO should be, it should be, for me, at least, it's making sure we don't promise too much. And we kind of make sure that we have the expectation management is kind of on key. That okay, okay, all these projects. What have we said? What have like what is what is promised? What do we actually need to deliver? And like what is what should we focus on? And I think it goes very well. I mean, it just comes down to that we are in agreement, and that like and for us, it's also been since we are three founders with with a technical background, we also kind of agreed on not to divert from our i mean it's easy to kind of if you have a lot of pressure from from customers a lot of pressure from investors to kind of you need to go this way do this because if you do that then you will i mean i think we are in agreement that we need to keep like our vision our core to be as to trust it to ourselves as possible not to kind of divert from from our path just because we feel that we could make a simple deal or like something that will kind of make the product, I mean, to not break the product, at least make it less uh, or worse in the sense of, of, of in the long term. Joe, and what about you? You're also in a yeah, uh, so for some time it was only me and the CEO. So um, I can maybe go through a bit how we did it and how, how I think that worked. Um, essentially, if I to boil it down to really uh, like low level, I would say that I took on the role as a developer and he took on the role as a sales person in the beginning. And that's kind of how we split that up. Um, the company building, uh, I was very happily involved in that. Uh, he offered course carried it um, a heavier load on his shoulders uh, but I happily joined in on that as well and he was very involved in the product development so I think we had really good synergies there 
had he not been, maybe we would have had to staff up a bit earlier with someone that could maybe manage uh, the product development or the company building or something like that. Um, but it's it's difficult because you grow into it and you look back after four months has gone, you really realize that uh, dynamics are completely different now uh, than four months ago because now we're in a different position and we're doing different day-to-day -day stuff. Uh, so it's constantly uh, evolving and I think you should try to find your core values as a company quite early on um, and just try to build a vision together. I think that's the only way to go about it. And of course, like you were talking about, Marcus, like being clear with uh, like not over promising and it goes both ways. Um, I think that's super important as well. Like you really need to be able to trust each other in that first critical phase. Jason, how about you from your position at the minute? Yeah, so for from my point of view, I feel like it's about watching each other's backs to kind of make sure that you don't make the mistakes. <laughs> so I always ask for advice, like uh, just to get a second eyes on it, right? To see the point of someone else's view than just the point of, of uh, like tech point of view or because to me, maybe this thing I have to do, work on, is like the most important thing in the world right now. I need to make sure this person, we're building this feature, or we're, we're doing this, we're helping this customer. But sometimes you need to just get a second pair of eyes on it, right? To see that, are we really focusing on the right things? Uh, because maybe the long term, we need to actually like, uh, make sure you don't miss out on this, this few other trends or these other like uh, information points. So we do keep each other grounded in a sense. Uh, to just make sure that we sync up, uh, we go go for dinners uh, to kind of keep that. Because one thing is that you get really busy, right? As this kind of rules. And you kind of, after a while, you kind of, I won't say drift apart, but you have things you need to do day to day. That sometimes you end, yourself, you end up like not talking to the, <laughs> to your fellow peers in that level very often because you are really focused on doing one thing. Right, which is like building the product, building this, uh, soft, solving this soft technical issue. So uh, I feel like it's really about getting that second pair of eyes on everything. And uh, yeah. Very nice. Great answers. What do so, you think uh, yourself, Peter? Sorry, sorry, go on. Yeah. What, uh, what do you think yourself, Peter? I, it would be interesting to hear. Yeah. Uh, Start, I started to think about it recently because, uh, I mean, we're looking back at the journey and all that stuff, and uh, I see it mainly as I, I play a game of dodgeball. There's all these balls come flying, and and they tear up business and whatnot, and 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 I I have to be kind of the focused one and catch, make sure to catch the right balls and 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 stop the ones that shouldn't go into the product so so i, I would say focus is uh, it's very important and over time as it turned out you you develop uh, a lot of trust if it's the the, the ceo is the right person and uh, and then you can really start working together. You you know that uh, he he pushes just as hard as you do. Uh, he has his own pains, and uh, you just at that point it's like okay, we need we need to start helping each other as uh, as best we can. And uh, so so it, it's a journey. But I, I think uh, I don't remember who said it, but focus is is I I have to be the focused one. I have to keep my eyes on the product, and 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 still be able to to get new new stuff in. Uh, so so some form of a funnel, at least in a small company. <laughs>